Lord has placed on my heart a subject that I would like to speak on. We'll be speaking on this subject all this month. And I want to talk about a little bit on a subject entitled Not Built to Break. Not Built to Break. I want to encourage someone here today. My prayer is that I continue to encourage you all this week. And let me rephrase that. Encourage you all this month that you would be uplifted throughout the rest of the week. That the very thing that you're dealing with and going through is not placed in your life to break you. But it's only there to make you. We must understand that we serve a God is that is a revealing God, meaning he is revelatory. We only know him by situations that we go through. It's the only way that you can know him or even understand him. No one knows all of God. No one will ever know all of God. least not while we're here on earth but the more we go through situations in life the more we have an understanding of God the key is is that when you're going through your situations is that you don't lose trust in God that's why it's important to read our word not only to read, but to have understanding of that word. And if you lack understanding, you cannot be afraid, neither ashamed to ask the question. Isn't it amazing that if you go to a school, a bunch of second graders in class, if they don't understand something, what do they do? As adults, what do we do? We should ask. I need understanding. Because the scripture says that he will put no more on you than what you're able to bear. So if we know that, then the very thing that we go through, even though it seems like, how can I get through this? God says, I wouldn't allow it to happen if I didn't see you coming out of it. Whew. Hallelujah. See, even though sometimes it can go, get cloudy for us and we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel we don't see the finish line God says I'm already standing here I'm standing across the finish line because I anticipate you coming I anticipate your arrival so every time we stop and pause and think about turning the other way you're not only disappointing yourself but you're disappointing God because he anticipates you. He anticipates you getting up, dusting off yourself. The Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets right back up. So it's not about the amount of times you fall. It's about the amount of times you rise back up. So I don't care if you fail yesterday. I don't care if you feel like you're stumbling right now. Well, you're in the right place at the right time because you are not built to break. God has made you perfectly made you 
to give you the strength to endure because we're crossing the finish line in Jesus name if you receive that somebody just lift your hands right now unto the Lord and just begin to praise him thank you Jesus speak to my heart Lord right now speak to me oh God right now help me Jesus to understand help me oh God to do what it is acceptable in your sight help me oh God in the name of Jesus Christ somebody say amen First Kings 19, starting at verse number one, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent the messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. I'm coming to get you, Elijah. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba which belongeth to Judah and left his servant there it's important when you're going through the trouble in your life and you feel like you don't want to live anymore never leave Judah don't leave praise you got to stay in praise his servant stayed but the Bible says but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said it is enough now oh lord take away my life for i am not better than my father's and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree behold then an angel touched him and said unto him arise and eat and he looked and behold there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head and he did eat and drink but he lay right back down the angel of the Lord had to come a second time touched him and said, arise and eat. Why? Because the journey is too great for thee. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's not through with you. Tell him, there's still a journey ahead. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. I have an image that they'll show up here very shortly. And half of this image shows a beautifully poised, perfectly arched ballerina's foot. Smooth, elegant, and dainty. Her slipper fits like a satin glove along with a silk ribbon woven meticulously up her ankle, completing the classic look. It's everything you would expect. It's like a piece of fine art. It's so pretty so precious but then we have the other side the other side tells a much different story the real story directly next to the dancer's lovely shaped foot was her other foot her bare foot without the slipper and the contrast is visibly striking Nails missing, severe knuckles swollen, blistered, bleeding, and many of them bandaged. Truth be told, we only want to see the ballerina slipper. Reality is too much for us to oftentimes deal with. The barefoot gives us a raw look at hours of preparation, the years of hard work and the grueling costs required to achieve greatness. But that is not what we come to see when we pay our money because everyone wants the glory but few are willing to pay the price to get it 
In the book of 1 Kings, we come across a prophet of God by the name of Elijah. Elijah means my God is Jehovah. And we quickly will see that Elijah is set out to prove exactly what his name means. That his God, my God, is the Almighty. We see this very quickly as we go to 1 Kings chapter number 18. We will see here that the Bible says in verse number 1, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth the bible says in verse number 17 and it came to pass when ahab saw elijah that ahab said unto him are you the one that's causing all this trouble in israel and he answered i have not troubled israel but you have and your father's house why because you've forsaken the commandments of the lord and you have chosen to follow after balaam a false god now therefore sin and gather to me all of israel somebody say everybody all of Israel, come on up to Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal, there's 450 of them and the prophets of the groves, there's 400 of them that all eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered all the prophets together at Mount Carmel. The Bible says, and Elijah came unto all the people and said, how long are you going to be between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if you want to worship this false God, then follow him. Stop going back and forth. Either you love God, you're going to stay in the truth, stay in the church, or you're going to be out in the world and serve him. Don't be going back and forth all the time. Don't feel like you can serve God this week, but you want to serve the devil next week. How long are you going to be going back and forth? Choose today who we're going to serve. So the Bible says in verse number 25, and Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, choose one of your bullocks for yourself. We're going to find out what's going to take place here because the fire is going to fall here. But you guys go get your own bullock and dress it. For there's many of you guys and you call on your God, but don't put any fire under it. They took the bullock in verse number 26, which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from the morning until noon, saying, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. There was no answer. And look what it says. And they leaped upon the altar, which somebody say was made. So it lets us know they did not make that altar. It was made for them. This tells me that the altar that they leaped on was built by Elijah. And I can prove that in verse number 30. The Bible says, and Elijah said unto the people, now that you're done making all your noise, now that you called upon your false God, nothing has happened. He says, come there unto me. And all the people came unto him and he repaired the altar of who? He repaired the altar of the Lord, which was broken. So that lets us know that the altar that they built and that they were dancing on was not an altar that they made, but Elijah made the altar because he made his altar unto the Lord. I want to tell somebody, you can't go dancing on somebody else's altar. At some point, you got to have your own testimony. You can't be hanging on a coattail of somebody else's life expecting that you're going to make it, expecting that you're going to survive. At some point, you got to pull up your own bootstraps and say, I've got to choose to live for God for myself. Because you can only last so long dancing on someone else's testimony because God has brought them out. But at some point, you got to say, God has brought me out. Uh huh. They danced on somebody else's altar. So God, the Bible says that he repaired the altar. And after the altar was repaired, Elijah prayed a simple 62-word prayer. And the fire fell from heaven. The fire fell from heaven the fire fell from heaven 
a prayer that probably didn't take him no longer than two minutes the fire fell from heaven what I'm simply saying is is don't think you gotta lock yourself somewhere for five hours just for the fire to fall in your life but when you pray a prayer as long as it's sincere from your heart it can be 62 words or less and the fire will fall from heaven what glory, what faith, what courage, the boldness, the power of this man. One would think, how could I ever have such faith? How can I do such a thing? How can I do something to this magnitude? Well, I want to encourage you, my friend, because the Bible says in the New Testament, James chapter number five, verse number 17, for the scripture says Elias, which is another uh, pronunciation of Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. Elijah was just like you and me. Thoughts like us. Actions like us. Could fall into temptation like us. He dealt with the same things as you and I did. But the Bible says, and he prayed. How? Earnestly. When Elijah prayed, he believed. When Elijah prayed, his faith did not waver. All that fire just didn't happen. If we just simply turn our attention to the chapter before. Chapter number 17. We will find the testing of his faith. We'll find here in chapter 17 the testing of his trust and obedience on display. Because the fire just didn't fall just by happenstance. But there was some things that Elijah had to go through. For him to get to the point to where he could trust in the Lord that the fire would fall. For the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter number 17, if we go back there, it says in verse number 2, And the word of the Lord came unto, uh, came unto him, saying, I want you to go eastward and hide thyself by the brook that is before Jordan. It shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded ravens to come feed you there. Now that's a lot of faith. If God came to you tomorrow and said, hey, I want you to go by the brook. What's one of the rivers around here? Typical New River? Wabash River? I know Wabash River. Hey, I want you to go. You're going to live at the Wabash River, and I'm going to send birds to come send you bread and food. How many of y'all say, okay, Lord, I'm on my way? I see no hands was raised. A lot of laughing, but no hands raised. That's what he told Elijah. Hey, I want you to go by the brook, and I'm going to send ravens to feed you birds so they're just dropping off food now if you hungry it, it, only so much can come in their mouth now unless he sent a thousand ravens at one time just to dump it all there he could have man it doesn't say how many but i'm gonna send birds there and then the bible says in verse number seven it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up there was no more water in the brook because there was no rain in the land and the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, once you go to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain you. And the widow woman and her son was blessed because she chose to take care of the man of God first. And because of that, she never ran out of food in the middle of a drought. The scripture says in verse number 14, to prove it here, it says, For this cause for this saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. 
The scripture lets us know that as the story continues on that it came to pass in verse number 17. After these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was sore that there was no breath left in him. Here's this woman taking care of this man of God. And now her son is sick to the point of death. Now to the point to where this son is now no longer living. Verse number 19 says, and he said unto her, give me your son. Took him out of her bosom and carried him up to the loft where he abode and laid upon him and laid him upon his own bed. And he stretched himself. Somebody say stretch. He stretched himself upon the child, not just once, not twice, but three times and cried unto the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. Turn to your neighbor and say, keep on stretching. Or in other words, just keep on praying. Don't just pray once. Don't just pray twice, but keep on praying because I promise you, if you keep on praying, verse number 22 is coming. Because the Bible says in verse 22, and the Lord heard the voice of Elisha and the soul of the child came into him again and he was revived. I don't know about you, but I need some things revived in my life. In order for this man, this young boy to be revived, the Bible says that God stretched upon the young boy. Not just once, not just twice, but three times he had to stretch upon him. So that means he stretched on him. He got up, but there was no life. So he went back down and stretched again and said, Lord, bringing back, he rose up. There was no life. So Elijah said, I've got to keep on praying because we read earnest uh, just earlier that when Elijah prays, he prays earnestly so then he stretched upon him again and said lord bring this boy back to life and when he rose up there was life in his lungs that's why we should always keep praying so even when you don't see the answer the first time even if you don't see it the second time just keep on praying keep on stretching because verse 22 will come in your life but don't lose patience because you haven't got the verse 22 yet some of us here today are still stuck on verse 21. Yeah, no hands was raised, but that's okay. We're still stuck on verse 21. 22 hasn't came, but we got to keep stretching. You keep stretching. You keep praying. And while you're praying, you keep believing, knowing that God will revive what needs to be revived in your life. So all these things are taking place and then we get to verse number 23 look at this now and it says and Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother and Elijah said see thy son liveth but see the word see there is speaking more than just the natural eye that word see there in the Hebrew is ro'ah ro'ah means to have a vision the word see there means to have a vision. Elijah was trying to get the woman to understand, I need you to have vision about what God is able to do. See, that word raw is also found in Genesis chapter 22, verse number 13. For the Bible says, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and he raw or he looked, the Bible says, and behold, behind him, a ram caught in a thicket by his horns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son Abraham had a vision because when Abraham lifted up his eyes and the vision that he had became 
a reality. What are you saying, preacher? Because he simply told his servants in Genesis chapter 22, verse number four, that on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off and said unto the young men, hey, I want you to stay here with the ass and the lad and I are going to go and worship, but we're going to come back again. How can Abraham make such a statement if he had sight and not vision? But Abraham had a vision. He had a raw awe. He had a vision that he was going to come back. And it continues on because when Abraham's son began to ask about the sacrifice and saying, I see all the things that we need, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Why? Because Abraham had a vision. I might not see in the natural, but I see in the spirit that's why we gotta see it before we see it we may not see it right now in the natural but we have to see it in the spirit there's many things in my life and there's many things that's going to take place in your life you may not see it in the natural but you must see it in the spirit and see once you can take hold of that and begin to see it in the spirit then you can rejoice off what you see in the spirit because if you're only rejoicing off what you see in the natural, your rejoicing won't last too long. But if, if you can start rejoicing off what you see in the spirit, then your rejoicing will be always. So Elijah, who is described by many theologians as this larger than life biblical figure, we can now see how he has passed the test of time. Showing his courage, showing his patience, his willingness to submit to God's word, having the faith to believe in the impossible. I see how Elijah had such boldness. We can see now how he had the boldness to challenge all of Israel in a showdown proven by fire. But after the adrenaline rush of watching the fire fall from heaven at Mount Carmel, bringing all his enemies to a fitting end, Literally within hours of being at the top of his spiritual game, Elisha is now exalted. He's exhausted, excuse me, he's fatigued. He has fear for his life. And the Bible says he runs. For the scripture says in our opening text, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elisha had done. And how he slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, hey, let the gods do to me and more also if I don't take your life now. The Bible says that when he saw it, he ran for his life. And the scripture says that he came and sat down under a juniper tree requesting that he himself, that he might die. Saying that I'm not better than my fathers. I'm not better than the ones that came before me. Now what's interesting here? Is that the scripture goes on to say that the Bible in verse number five, that as he was sleeping, an angel came and touched him and said, hey, arise, eat. The Bible lets us know that he arose and ate, but then he went right back down. Why? Because there was no more life in him. He didn't want to live anymore. But then the Bible says that the angel came back a second time. Somebody say a second time. The angel came back a second time and said, hey, get up, arise and eat. Why? Because the journey's too great. Elijah, after this great victory, comes to a place where he's running 
just as fast as he challenged all of Israel. At the peak of a spiritual height that Elijah has reached, just as fast he's going the opposite way, asking the Lord to take his life. After all the things that we have seen Elijah go through, trust, courage, faith, a willingness to be obedient, leads all the way up to where Elijah says, how long are y'all going to be between these two opinions? It's time to find out whose God are you going to serve? And in that moment, God answers by fire. Even though God did not tell Elijah to go tell Ahab to challenge all of Israel at Mount Carmel. God told Elijah to go tell Ahab that it's going to rain. But Elijah said, I've seen God do so many things before. I've seen him answer me before. I'm tired of what I'm seeing in Israel. Not only does he challenge everyone, but then God honors it and sends the fire down from heaven. But now Elijah is in a point at a place in his life where he says, I'm not built for this. I've, I've had enough of this. He's at a breaking point. Oh, can I talk to somebody in here? You've seen God do many things in your life before. You've seen the miracles and the blessings and you've had courage. You've even had faith. But just as fast as you was on an uphill climb to the top of Faith Mountain, you find yourself running in an opposite direction saying, I'm not built for this. I'm, I, I, this is just too much. I'm done. Elijah said, just take my life. See, I've been there before. Many of us have been there before. Where we can be so strong in our faith and we can be running for our life for Jesus Christ. But yet now we find ourselves just simply running for our life. There's a song that we used to sing coming up. If anybody asks you, what's wrong? What's the matter with me? Just tell them I'm saved. I'm sanctified. Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. I got Jesus on my mind and I'm running for my life. But now, we, 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 the whole first part of that song is just out. We're just running for our life. But what's interesting is, is that as Elijah's running, God sends an angel and says, but I'm not done. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. That, that's why I like continuing to read the Bible because even when it seems like doom and gloom when it seems like the story is over God says but I'm not done and I want to help somebody here today to let you know that God's not done you may be running you may be under a juniper tree saying Lord why is this happening why is this taking place I don't think I'm fit to live I don't want to fight this battle anymore I'm done arguing with my spouse I'm done fighting with my kids I'm done fighting with my loved ones I'm done fighting with myself I just rather just go somewhere and move on matter of fact I'm only here because someone told me to be here today I'm telling you some of you are running so fast but God is saying I'm not done Woo. 
See, y'all waiting on me to really start preaching this thing, but I'm waiting on you to receive this thing because I feel like I shouldn't have to hoop and holler for you to receive what I'm saying. I'm trying to get somebody to understand that God's not done. You may be in the worst place of your life, but God's not done. And he sent this preacher just to tap you. I don't care if I got to tap you again to say, rise up, get up and eat. The journey's too great because God's got more in store for you. You may think God has been done. You may think you're tossed to the curb, but God has sent this man of God to remind somebody, get up, get up, get up. The story's not over. Your life is not over. Your children... Your children may seem long gone. They may seem like they're at the end of their rope. But God is saying, get up, get up, get up. Start stretching again. Start believing again. Start praying again. Start fasting again. Start worshiping again. Oh, glory be to God. Boy, I wish y'all would have got this 25 minutes ago. Now I worked up a sweat. I'm trying to get somebody to understand God is trying to tap somebody on the leg and say, arise and eat. But I don't feel like eating. So Elijah, he ate, but he still didn't want to live. He went right back down. I'm going to stay under this juniper tree. So if you ever come across a juniper tree, run. Oh, Lord, I think that's one of them. If you even think it's one, just start running. He's under a juniper tree. He went right back down. I can just see God just in heaven like, this boy. Oh, y'all don't think God talk like that? I think he does. This boy, get back down there. You know the angel, oh, he can't go listen. He... Maybe that's just my house. Maybe when I send my kids, hey, go get your sister. Oh, Daddy, I've already told him once. Hey, Amen. God does that to some of us in here. I've already told him once. God said, go, go get him again. Because the journey's too great. I've got more to do with you. <laughs> I'm not through with you yet. I love it how we can be done with ourselves, but God cannot be done with us. I love how we can give up on ourselves, but God doesn't give up on us. I love how I can be somewhere ready to give up my life, but God sends somebody to say, but God's not through with you. You may be ready to throw in a towel, but God came to give me another towel to give to you to say he's not done with you. There's more work for you to do. There's more souls to win. There's more people to talk to. There's more family members to witness to. Don't give up. Glory be to God. So I've come to tell somebody. I've come to look you right in the eye. I've come to talk to you face to face and say, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I know it's hard to worship. I know it's hard to throw up your hands, but don't give up. Don't give up. It may be hard to pray right now. You may be, you don't even know what to say. All I'm telling you is don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I don't know what to say, preacher. I don't know what to do. Don't give up. Don't give up. I don't care if you say one word. I don't care if you say three words. The Bible says Elijah says 62 words. Don't give up because the fire will fall. Oh, yes. Jesus. 
I ain't trying to scare nobody walking down the house. People get nervous. You get a good picture? Hey, man. That stuff matters, too. If you didn't, don't give up. <laughs> the love of God. He sent an angel. Say, get up, rise and eat. He did it. He ate. Then he went right back down. I want to preach right there for a moment. Because some, some here today have, you've tried it already. You, you, you've, you've tried this. I've tried this Jesus thing. I tried praying. Pastor, I even fasted. I prayed. I've done all the things that, that you've been teaching, that I read in the Bible. I remember one person telling me, he was trying to break an addiction. He had this sexual addiction that he was trying to break in his life. And someone told him that a three-day fast could break anything. Let me tell you something. There's nowhere in the Bible that says if you go on this many days fast, it will work. So if anyone has ever told anyone that, it's a lie because it's not in the Bible. It bothers me when people give their opinion and speak it as truth. Just stick to the word of God. If, if, if you seek an answer, that person better have their Bible open. They better be quoting the scripture and go check them. He said, what? Second Corinthians, what? Check. I don't mind when people check me. I don't, I don't mind it. I'm not perfect. I'll mess up a scripture in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I, miss, I miss a word or I miss that or I miss that. I say, oh, Lord, help me. No, 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 I says this. That's okay. I'd rather be right than mess up something. The Bible says we shouldn't add to or take away from that word. Now, now I know I got that scripture right. <laughs> Amen. No, uh-uh. tried just to finish that story his sexual addiction didn't, didn't break after that three day fast and he was where Elijah was I did that so now I'm just going to lay back down and he stayed in that addiction for years after that until one year guess what broke the addiction I made up mine he had reached a point to where he was tired. He was tired of doing it. And he was doing it even though he didn't want to do it. He reached a point of desperation. Now that is Bible. I've seen everywhere in scripture where people are desperate. Where they reach a point to where they're saying, I can't do this anymore. And when they get desperate enough and go after Jesus, Jesus always responds. Hallelujah. Elijah was at a point to where I don't want to do this. I don't care about my life anymore. But because of the mercy and grace of God, 
God sent the angel again. Hey, go get him because I've got more work for Elijah to do. See, we don't preach much about Elisha. Oh, I'm going to start preaching on Elisha a little bit more. Elisha came after Elijah. And see, if he would have stayed and died under the juniper tree, we would know nothing about Elisha. What I'm trying to say is, is that your future depends on it. Your future is depending on your response today. Because somebody here today needs to respond, but respond the right way. Don't just lay back down, but get back up. Because not only are you going to be a blessing to your life, but you're going to affect generations to come. Hallelujah. Oh, I can dance off that because I know my children wouldn't be where they are if this brother would have gave up a little. I can preach on that a little while. They wouldn't be where they are if I didn't if I would have gave up a long time ago. Oh yes, if I'd have laid down and said I don't want to live anymore, I don't want to go forward anymore, I'm not deserving anymore. But God tapped me on my leg and said, "Get up, boy. There's more work for you to do. There's a city for you to go to. There's a city. There's a church that needs you to pastor. There's a people that's waiting on you. There's a county that's counting on you. You gotta rise up. You gotta go and preach the word and tell them if I can get up, you can get up. Somebody needs to rise and say, I'm getting up. I'm not." Staying down, I'm getting up, I'm dancing into my purpose, I'm dancing into my future, I'm dancing into my destiny. Clap your hands unto the Lord and magnify Him. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yes, yes, be seated just for a moment. I, I just got one last point. Get up. Got more work for you to do, Eddie Robinson. Oh, <laughs> praise God. Clap your hands for obedience. I'll tell you. <laughs> hey, you never know. There was probably people online that just did the same thing. Literally, they're on our couch like, yeah. Praise God. journey's too great. This is my last point. <laughs> Brother Carson, you be preaching my message. <laughs> the scripture says the journey is too great. <sighs> you just have no idea what God wants to do in your life. I'm, I'm telling you. You, you. We limit ourselves. We think small of ourselves. He said the journey is too great there's greatness in this room there's greatness in this room there's greatness in your life the journey's too great I don't just have something small for you Glory be to God. Elijah, I need you to eat and eat good because there's some places that you need to go. There's some people I need you to still infect or affect. There's some things I need you to do that only you can do and you weren't built to break. I didn't take you through everything you went through. I didn't send ravens to feed you. I didn't send you to a widow woman. I didn't help you to raise that boy back to life just to get rid of you now. I'm telling somebody, you didn't go through what you went through. You haven't been through what you've been through. I know you've been to 
doctor after doctor, hospital after hospital, bad news after bad news, but God has brought you through. And I'm telling you, he didn't bring you this far to break you. He only brought you this far to make you so that you can rise to your feet and tell somebody if God did it for me, he can do it for you. To tell somebody that God is still good and he's worthy to be praised. Now let's stand to our feet, clap our hands unto the Lord, let's magnify him.